Welcome back, everybody. Friday night party time. That's what we say. I don't know what it is. We're hitting the province of Alberta. First, Joe Madden from Calgary. And now we bring in the Australian killer, Mick Ozzie from Edmonton. Rivalry weekend, Mick. How you doing, Mick? It's Friday. Crack open a couple cold ones, brother. How you doing? And by the way, congratulations. All your work you're doing with the Edmonton Elks, that seems to be going quite well. How are things going with the with the covering the team and doing all that stuff? Looks like you're having a good time. Yeah, mate, absolutely enjoy it. The uh, new video guys, the marketing guys at the Go Elks, they're young, they're progressive. The new boss, Victor, he's really spending some money and uh, it's looking up. And let's just hope Chris Jones gets them playing a bit better on the field. But hey, Jerome Carter's back playing. He's a bit of a legend CFL -er. and Manny Arsenault. The old BC Lions legend. He's up against his old team as well tomorrow night. So really looking forward to the Elks at BC Lions. That's what I was going to say, Mick. I'm like, okay, this is the beautiful thing about the CFL that me and Gabe talk about. Like, you're Edmonton, but you're BC. It's like, this is like kind of weird. It's like two of your children fighting each other. What are you going to do in this one? Who are you cheering for? <laughs> well, I got this friend. I got this brand new G. Roy Simon jersey, and apparently I might not ever wear it because the Elks want me to be their number one fan. But I love them both. Stuck with BC, but yeah, I like the Edmonton team. I've lived here eight years. Started partying back in 1999 at the Spirit of Edmonton, and I live here now. It's a friendly city, as you know. Green and gold, the Aussie colours. Big Elks fan, Eskimos fan. Really looking forward to the game tomorrow night. Yeah, I'm with you, Mick. I, I was going to say this. I know it's just, you got to be Edmonton. Like, you're working for them now. Like, I know you love BC, <laughs> but you, you can't say, hey, everybody. Yeah, I, I, I like the BC Lions, too. <laughs> thinking, about that, thinking about that game, what are we going to do here? Um, this is a very interesting football game. Usually we go in rotation, but screw it, Mick. It's Friday, and uh, that's the game you want to talk about, the Western game. We'll get to Hamilton and Toronto a little bit uh, after this one. But the BC Lions, big favorites in this game. Minus 10 and a half, total 52. Just had McInnes uh, on the show earlier breaking down the CFL. I got to believe BC at home, these guys score close to 37 points a game. Edmonton is looking more comfortable. They should get theirs. I got to believe, I know 52 is a very high total in a CFL game. Opening up 51 and a half there, it's gone up to 52. What do you think, Mick? I'm thinking over in this game. I'm not sure if BC is going to cover but I think we can get 52 points in the game. What's your take? Yeah, you're right. BC do score well at home. They've really been on fire this year at home, haven't they, with the Canadian quarterback? And oh, going against two wide receivers with a name Lucky Whitehead and Brian yeah. Burnham. Like Burnham, he might he might burn those DBs because he's back for his first game he's in awesome. a while. He's a great wide receiver. And Lucky Whitehead, what a name. But Elks are on the up. Chris Jones, you know he's a great CFL coach. He's made some big roster changes. And Cornelius, he's starting to look good. Unfortunately, Trey Ford's, Ford's back on the six-game injured list. But their other quarterback, Kai Longsley, Longsley, he's playing in uh, slot back. So he can run for touchdowns. He's done five touchdowns. I'm with you. Over. And let's hope the Elks make it close. You know what, Mick? I'm starting to think the Elks might cover. Ten and a half is a lot of points in a CFL game. Don't want to get in front of BC, but that's a lot of points. 
if it if the if the game was in Edmonton, I, and even if they were favored by like seven and a half, I would take them. But BC, they're a different animal at home. Like, pardon the they are lions at home. Like these guys are absolutely wicked. They just really they love their home cooking. They got a good thing going there. What do you think about this battle in the East? Two of the Hamilton as a team, they're starting to play better. You talk about you think Montreal's got discipline problems? Watch an Argo game. These guys are lipping <laughs> off, doing whatever. Penalty flag on sportsmen. Like, hell, players almost walked off the field last week. It was insane. I don't know what these guys are doing. There's no control. What do you do with this game? Toronto's a favorite against Hamilton. I kind of hate to say it. Hamilton might be the play here. I lean that way. And McKinnis brought up a good point. If Hamilton's going to be successful, they got a nickel and dime. They don't want to get into a shootout. So they prefer to play a game to the under 45. What, what's your take? Well, isn't it interesting how a lot of these CFL players swap teams? Well, there's two Calgary wide receivers on the on the Argos now, Devarius Daniels and Eric Rogers. Now, Eric Rogers, he was down at the 49ers, I believe, for a while, but did his knee. He's back for his first game, and he is a great CFL receiver. And, of course, Andrew Harris. We know the Canadian running back is an absolute star, but like you said, they go to him all the time. But really interesting. The legend, the MVP at Brandon Banks, is playing his first game against his old team, the Tiger Cats. So that's going to be real interesting. On with you. I think the Tiger Cats are on the up. They're back-to-back runners-up in the Grey Cup. So I think the Tiger Cats might get it done in Toronto. And there'll probably be more Tiger Cat fans there than Argos, unfortunately. Like, I've never seen anything like this. Like... And I'm watching the CFL game. Hey, I was wrong yesterday. I'll give Maretzi credit. Like Montreal was hanging with them all day long. They were hanging with Winnipeg. They couldn't capitalize. They had three turnovers in that game. They got three points. Unbe- it's unacceptable. And another thing, at the end of the game, they stopped them. Guys are lipping off on sportsmanlike conduct. He's getting even angry on sportsmanlike conduct. Think about all the points that they put on the board. Just to ask you, why is Toronto and Montreal, like I find those teams in the East even more than the West, all they do is get penalties for unsportsmen. Like they can't control themselves out there. It's getting out of control. Toronto's got a, they got a problem, man. They got to tone it down or else like, they lose games because they bitch all the time. Yeah. And Brandon Banks was going off a bit on the sidelines the other week, but what a, what a disgrace. Fancy firing Kahari Jones a few weeks ago at the Alouettes. Exactly. I believe he was really popular with the, with the players and everything. So I didn't get that. I like I like the Alouettes, but whoa, they got murdered in that last five to ten minutes last night. Excellent point, Mick. And I said that to McGinnis. We talked about it. Kari Jones, the team is more undisciplined with Danny Machocha here. The guy did a great job. Kari Jones is a good human being, a guy that I met before. And you know what? Now, oh, okay, we're going to get rid of this guy. And now it's worse than it was before. They're more undisciplined. They more, more stupid penalties, stupider things at the end of the game. Anyway, I don't want it, to it, – it's driving me nuts. I don't know what to do. But I'll tell you something, man. Like, this Hamilton-Toronto game, don't be surprised if somebody gets ejected. Like, a lot of hate between these teams. Speedy B, he's going to be angry. But you're right, Mick. I don't know really what to say but other than – and that Montreal situation is out of control. Mick, what do you got in Australian rules football? I'm looking on FanDuel. Um, it's funny. They don't have the spreads. They have Hawthorne and Gold Coast. Uh, basically a pick them. Gold Coast minus 112, Hawthorne minus 108, Essendon. Like, what's going on here? How come they're no – I'm not seeing any spreads. I'm seeing money lines. But this Hawthorne-Gold Coast game, man, this one's tough. It's a pick them. Who do you like in uh, in AFL this week, buddy? Well, I'm on the site where you can bet 
every day of the year, you know what I mean? So uh, the spreads are up. Hawks are favoured. They were favoured. Now the Suns are favoured. Real tough one. I'd keep away from that one. I like the Bombers to beat the Giants. Trouble at the Giants. The coach called out the players. I think the Bombers will get that done. And up on screen there, the Western Bulldogs should beat the Dockers. Dockers were very disappointing last week. Yeah, I'm trying to look here. I want to do like these money line parlays don't work in this league. Like, like G Long, the G Long <laughs> Cats are minus 750 versus St. Kilda. Like, can they lose that game? Uh, Sydney is minus 1200 versus North Melbourne. Like, oh my God, help me. What else is going on? Nah, other ones aren't too bad, actually. Like, oh, there's almost like three pick 'em games. West Coast Adelaide is a pick 'em. And that game coming up tonight, the, the first one off Hawthorne Gold Coast. But give me a multi, Mick. Like one that's a lock that's actually going to work. Well, <laughs> there's always Gabe a game his, that screws it up. Always. Gabe got his two. Gabe got his two game multi last week, but if he did the nice. three game, he would have he would have lost it. I like the Cats and the Bombers tonight at plus one oh one. That should be the safest. Add the Dogs as a three gamer tonight at plus one nine seven. But I like the Eagles as an underdog to beat my Adelaide Crows. Big trouble, Adelaide Crows. Eddie Betts, Gabe's favourite player, came out of the book this week. All sorts of trouble. I think the Eagles might get it done in Perth because Josh Kennedy, a legend there, it's his last game. Well, Mick, buddy, have a great weekend, man. Have a couple cold ones. Enjoy yourself. Great work with the Elks. And I told you, I don't care if you have an allegiance to the BC Lions. You work for Edmonton, you're cheering for Edmonton. That's just the way it's got to be, buddy. I'll be like Tom Brady. Swap 20 teams after 20 years, and then I'll sign a one-day contract when I retire from media in, I don't know, 20 exactly. years' time, maybe. You leave, you leave Edmonton, <laughs> and then you can have one day with BC. Have a good weekend, yeah. buddy. Enjoy yourself, Mick. Take it easy, Great man. stuff. <laughs> Thanks, man. Great talking. <laughs> got it. Hey, Mick, see, Mick comes every week, even when Renzi's on uh, vacation here. And we're, well, I wouldn't say really say vacation. He's doing a show tonight, whatever, watching the Dodgers game. That's Mick Ozzie, who's doing great work for the Edmonton Elks. Coming up next, guys, it's a big weekend in soccer. Now in its third year, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels talking about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Sit back and enjoy, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 192 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels, coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio. Thanks for giving the episode a listen. If you're new, I do appreciate you stopping by and checking it out. Uh, had the show going on now for closing in on three years, and uh, so glad to have you aboard. Uh, we're going to be jumping into uh, our tips for round 21 of the men's comp here uh, with my special guest, who's become a bit of a regular over the last... Uh, six weeks or so i've enjoyed talking with them on this now folks don't forget that if you are interested in having your local footy club get a shout out during an upcoming episode drop me a note you can check out all my socials over on my website yankonthefooty.com i will say that my email is a yankonthefooty at gmail.com but all the other ones are linked on my website up at the top they'll take you directly to there uh, I love being able to highlight the uh, the clubs throughout uh, the season into the off season as well now also if you've not had a chance to take a listen to episode 186, I do hope you'll go back and give that a listen. Uh, as I'd mentioned, uh, we're trying to do something special for somebody who's having their 80th birthday uh, coming up here 
in the not too distant future. Okay, it's my mom. It's been a tough month uh, for her now, and uh, we're yeah hoping to go ahead and uh, give her a lot of joy on her birthday uh, with cards from all over the world and something inside the card that describes something that brings the sender joy or a photograph or a postcard or something of that nature that uh, that brings them joy. So hopefully uh, you've taken a minute. If you want to do that, that'd be fantastic. Now today's club of the episode is being sponsored by MickAussie.tv and MickAussie.tv is run by Kim Harrison or as we call him here in North America, MickAussie. And uh, I did hear him... Uh, shoot a question off to the Duffin Quarters podcast the other day, so it was great to to see him uh, pushing his argument about why do we put the mouth guards where we put them. Uh, Nick has spent the last two decades uh, with his sports comedy channel talking about the AFL, the NFL, hockey, the NHL, the Canadian Football League, and he works for the uh, Edmonton football team as well. Uh, he's also weekly on uh, Sports Grid TV with Gabe Morenci. He was a great player of his own right in South Australia as well as up in the Northern Territory for a while. And the club of this week's episode is the Zilmere Eagles. And the Eagles are based in the northern suburbs of Brisbane and were formed in 1962 when they merged with Windsor. And former son and cat Zach Smith played with the Eagles, as did current AFLW players, Taylor Harris, several players from the Lions, Allie Anderson, Sharni Webb, and Sophie Conway, as well as Port Adelaide player Jackie Yorston, who had previously been with uh, Brisbane. They play their home games at O'Callaghan Park, and Eagles, best of luck to you as you close out your 2022 fixture. I know that that's coming up soon, so I hope you have a great end of the season. Again, this week's episode was sponsored by MickAussie.tv. Mick, thanks so very much, man. Now, folks, remember, you can find everything related to the podcast over at my website, yankonthefooty.com. I do hope you'll get signed up on the mailing list so that when a new episode comes out, you'll get it uh, sent to you as soon as it's available. And uh, also, if you are interested in being a guest, because once the men's comp winds down and we're going to be sliding right into the women's comp uh, here in just about three weeks... We'll have about two and a half months of the women's comp going on, and then we're going to go into the offseason. Now, I may start dabbling a little bit with uh, trying to learn a little bit about cricket because I don't watch a lot of basketball or hockey or anything like that here. And, you know, the NFL season's going on, and if you're following that game at all, who who knows who's playing quarterback for my Browns? I have no clue. Not sure I like the guy uh, who's playing there now. Um but hopefully you'll get signed up on the mailing list. Uh, if you've got a great idea for a story, I reached out to somebody uh, who dropped me a note on Twitter the other day. And I'm going to be talking to them once the season winds down. And it looks like they've got a great story to tell about some involvement they had with one of the clubs. So if you know, if you know a former player, or if you are a former player, I would love to talk to you. I'd love to talk to you on the show because I like still talking to people about the game even during the offseason because it, it helps keep it fresh in my mind. And, and quite frankly, this is what I love doing. And, I, and I, I love bringing those types of stories to you once the, the offseason happens. I know I, I love to sprinkle in the, uh, the interviews during the course of the season, but I really love digging into those things once the season is wrapped up as well. So, again, hopefully you'll sign up for the mailing list. 
Hopefully you'll drop me a note over there if you want to leave a review for the show. If you enjoy what you're hearing, that would be great as well. Now let's take a moment to look at the games that are going to be available here in the United States this week. Okay, from uh, your cable or satellite provider or your streaming service provider. And this information is all from afana.com. And we've got four games this week that are going to all be on Fox Sports 2. And I think there's going to be a few games on uh, Fox Soccer Plus, but... I don't know how many people actually subscribe to that one, so I'm not going to mention those. But uh, at 5.30 Friday morning, the Melbourne-Collingwood game. At midnight on Saturday morning, GWS and Essendon. At 5 a.m. on Saturday morning, Geelong and St. Kilda. And at 1 a.m. on Sunday morning, Brisbane and Carlton. So, three of the four games have direct correlation to what's going on in the top eight this weekend. So, you know, Fox Sports, good on you for getting some great matchups here for us to see in the United States. Okay, thanks for that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am thrilled to be uh, joined again by Kim Harrison, or Mick Aussie as we call him here. He's got the disco ball with him there uh, this morning. It's about 7.20 in the morning in Edmonton. And um, it's going to be a hot day. He can stay there for a few more months, and then it'll be down in the negative 20s for about six years. And Nick, <laughs> how you doing, man? <laughs> yeah, good, mate. Uh, up early, but I'm always up early. So, you know, probably better we do this early, and the teams are out, and I'm sure you've got the ins and outs. But, yeah, some big news in the AFL, yeah. absolutely, yeah, this, this week. Is, this has been uh, a very interesting news cycle. You know, of course, you know, we've got, we've got, you know, Sad but positive things happening with, you know, veteran players who are stepping aside from the game. You know, Josh Kennedy is is retiring. David Mundy is stepping aside from the game. Uh, he's been playing, I think, since I think he was actually on Melbourne's original team back in the mid 1850s, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but uh, he's been, you know, he's been, <laughs> he's been with Fremantle for, what, 17 years, 18 years, something like that. Uh, Stephen Motlop stepping aside as well. Um, you know, some, some great talented players who are going to be leaving the game at the end of this year. Yeah, absolutely. There is uh, and Josh Kennedy as well. Terrific player. But yeah, I think we maybe the big, the big, big news that broke a couple of days ago in Australia. And it really is massive news because AFL is the biggest sport in Australia. And this, the Adelaide Crows camp saga has mm -hmm. reared its head again. It's um, they brought in this company called Collective Minds during the 2017 season. They did some work with the Crows. And in the finals, you might remember where the Crows all grabbed arms and stared at stuff. So that's all good. But then right, the right. camp they went on pre-season in 2018 has been a big story. And with Eddie Betts's book being released, massive, massive news. Yeah, I'm. I'm hopefully going to get a copy of that book. Uh, I need to order that. I'm. I'd, I'd like to get an actual physical copy rather than a copy on my Kindle. But uh, yeah, it sounds like there's just been some really tough news, or some the discussions in this have been have kind of ripped open some wounds and such. It sounds like. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and be as brief and concise as I can, but. There was backlash after the camp, mm -hmm. and you being former Navy and now school teacher, your your thoughts on this are probably pretty even keeled. 
Uh, the camp, obviously, was some military-style training, which I have no problem with. It, it, it creates team bonding. It toughens people up, which is what you need. But there was always some rumours that things didn't go quite well, especially with a couple of the uh, Indigenous Aboriginal boys. Eddie Betts, obviously, was one of those. And Sam McClure and the Melbourne media really honed in hard on Adelaide. And I thought it was a bit of a witch hunt of Melbourne arrogance against the littlest city of Adelaide. And Graham Corns, the famous SANFL player for Glenelg, in the media, played at North Melbourne for a while. His boys played for Port Adelaide, as you know. He did an amazing three-part interview with the bosses of this company called Collective Minds. I listened to that. I thought it was very well interviewed. And then the Workplace SA, that South Australian government uh, organisation, cleared the crows of no ill doing, the AFL Integrity Department as well. But that said, as you and I know, and personally I can talk to this, that you know, the companies will all the bigger companies will always have the power and the little guy can often get screwed. And even though they said there was no ill doing, we often know with big companies that can be a load of crap. So with Eddie yeah. Betts' book coming out this week, uh, he revealed some truths that haven't been spoken about before. And I did see uh, on the AFL's website this morning that the that the league has actually issued an apology to Eddie about what transpired, which I thought was was interesting. And again, you know, I was I had just started following the game about a year, year and a half prior to that. So this was, as I was telling you off air, I said the only thing that I really recall hearing coming out of this was something about the players walking across hot coals. As kind of like a bonding experience, and I don't I don't remember a whole lot else that had leaked out about that sort of thing. Yeah, well, years ago, Nigel Smart, one of the former Crows players, he he did that. So that's been something that's been done for years. But the crux of the matter, if you follow my Twitter, I've I've put up the interviews with Graham Corns and this company. But this is the key. Eddie Betts and the players were interviewed one-on-one -on -one by the management team mm -hmm. of this company before the camp, and they were asked some deep personal questions. Now, Eddie Betts being the terrific, nice person that he is, and we've all fallen for this. We've thought we're doing the right thing, so he revealed some very personal things about his life and about his mother that he didn't think would come back to haunt him. Now, he sh this is the only thing that I blame Eddie Betts for, but he's younger. As you get older, you realise you only trust a few people. You don't trust people you don't know. So Eddie Betts shouldn't have told anyone some of this stuff. That's my only criticism of Eddie Betts. Should have realised, don't say stuff you don't want to to people you don't trust. But he's the nice guy, went ahead and did this. Mm -hmm. Well, then in the camp, and you'll see it on my Twitter feed, the paragraph came out that these military-style guys dressed up absolutely abused the players, and they. this is the key. They brought up some of those issues that S Eddie Betts had that he revealed in confidence that he thought and basically yelled and screamed about him and said, and one of the lines was something like, 
you'll never be any good because you grew up with a single mother and stuff like this. So this is this is the crux of the matter wow. that they've gone overboard. And you have to be very careful with Indigenous and Aboriginal people because of the background in Australia where the white man came in and kind of destroyed their lives in some way 100 plus years ago. So mm-hmm. very, very touchy subject. And I am on Eddie Betts's side because he's a terrific person. I believe him. Oh, I've been, I've, you know, he just, you know, every time you see him, he just seems to, he seems to exude joy to people. I mean, just he, he has been, you know, in the, in the time that I've been following the game since late 2016, I can't, I'll be honest with you. I cannot think of anybody that plays the game that is a better ambassador or face of the game than Eddie Betts. I I, I can't think of anybody. To yes, me, he, to me right. he is he's the face of footy. In 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 oh. my in at this point, yes, you know, Buddy Franklin kicked a thousand goals, but you know, Eddie Betts has been he's been the guy that is just, you know, the crowds have loved to love. Absolutely. And the other thing is, after the camp, he did talk to some of the bosses at the Crows and Mm -hmm. teammates about his concerns. And then he was removed from some kind of leadership group and it did affect him. And some people are being critical of him and saying, well, why didn't you say more a couple of years ago? Well, you know what it's like. Mate, when you're working for an organisation, you have to be careful what you say. You can't reveal everything while you're still working with right, them. Right, right. So, no, I don't, I don't blame Eddie at all for, you know, maybe sticking up for the club while he was there. But, wow, this book is certainly a well, massive, you, massive story. You know, now that you mentioned this, I wonder if this is uh... – did this stuff that's going on behind the scenes, do you, you know, do you think that had anything to do with his departure from the Crows at the, at the end and then him going back to Carlton to close out his career? I think somewhat. Yeah, he was, he was heading towards the end of his career. Right, and he right. probably did stay. He probably did play an extra year at the Carlton when he shouldn't have, but Hey, we all want to keep playing if you can. And, if they give you a contract, keep playing, right? There but he go. was near the end of his career. and uh, But, yeah, definitely he, he says it affected him to a level and it affected his family and his wife. But, uh, sure, just the ex- ex- excerpts that are coming out are very interesting. And, obviously, the media is all over it in Australia. And I and I'm, uh, I did see that he, he was on AFL 360 this week. I need to go back. and I have not watched that yet, so I'm going to go check that out. But... Uh, you know, sticking with the crows for a minute, though, uh, it sounds like they might have themselves another little uh, forward pocket player coming in next year. If, if the stories are coming out, Isaac Rankin may be jumping from Gold Coast down to Adelaide on a pretty significant deal. And it, it sounded like Rankin was going to stay with the Suns. But according to this, it sounds like he's going to be heading down to Adelaide on like a five year, four million dollar deal. Wow. Well, money talks, but I hope the Crows uh, really get their act together because, you know, I have been critical of the Crows. The last couple of years is the most Mm -hmm. disappointed I've ever been since they joined the competition in 91. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, And the the other one, I mentioned this to you as we were just starting to talk before we hit the record button. 
you know, a story on Zero Hanger, and I think it's actually on the AFL website as well, that uh, that Buddy Franklin has alluded to the Swans that he would like to go to Brisbane for the opportunity to win more premierships, which, <laughs> which I'm thinking, wait a minute, you're fourth on the ladder right now. Brisbane, I think, is sixth. Um, and, I, and, and, and truth be told, if you were to ask me which, you know, which club's arrow is pointing more north than the other, I might have to say that the Swans arrow is pointing more north than Brisbane's right now. Oh, I reckon the Swans are a big chance. Like I said last week, put a few dollars on them to win it all. Not yeah. sure they will, but it's worth a bet. I think they're, I think they're a real chance, along with probably Demons and your guys, the Cats, right now. And the Lions disappointing big games. They proved it again last oh. week. I like the Lions, but they got to get their act together yep. in the pressure, right? I just. You know, the, the Lions, I just, and we're going to talk about them in a minute here. I, I just wonder what they're, they don't have much of a killer instinct. And, and, I, and I've heard people even mention that, you know, that maybe if they fall, you know, if, if you, know, so, you know, hearing rumors about the Clarko being, going to North being a done deal. But I've also heard people say that if, if the Lions fall apart in finals again this year, do they look for somebody to help seal the deal? Hat tip to Volbeat there. Uh, for <laughs> for that, you know, and maybe try to get Clarko to come to Brisbane because it's a talented club, and maybe they just maybe they need you know they've got they've had that kind of the great dad as the senior coach. Maybe he's the guy that's getting them to where they're ready to go, and you know, you know dad's going to turn them loose and send them off to footy college, if you will, to you know to have you know the, the next guy come along to finishing school, if you will. I don't know that. I think that we you know would Clarko be the kind of person to take that veteran side into the finals and have some success. Yeah, probably. Everyone loves him and yeah. thinks he's worth all the big money. But I've said this before, when he comes back and coaches again, he's going to get more attacking. Because look at the teams that are doing well this year, a.k.a. Collingwood. Right, right. Carlton recently yeah. attack, attack, attack. Sure, yeah. you need defense, but too much defense has helped ruin the game over the last 10 well, to 15 years. I mean, you can see you can see the shift that's happened. You know, the Cats have changed. Have, have taken a different approach to where they're doing things this year. And it's worked out yeah. to where they've got a significant, you know, pretty healthy percentage going into this. So, yeah. Um, and just, you know, leading into the first game, you know, uh, I did see where Ed Lang did had uh, talked about Collingwood being a one trick pony where he said that they were all duck pun intended. I'm sure no dinner. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, do they, do they use the term, in in footy, do they use the term bulletin board material like they do in the NFL, where somebody says something about, you know, club somebody from club A says something about club B, and club B's coach just kind of hangs it in the train in the training facility there for everybody to see. Here's what the other guys think of you. Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's that's why that's why the coaches and the hierarchies are so adamant to their players not to give fodder for the other right, team. Right, right. Absolutely. And I agree. It's hard enough as it is without being a smart ass and doing stupid comments. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. So we're hopping into round 21. We've only got two more rounds after this week before finals start. And, uh, you know, I don't know what the, the people who created the fixture were thinking, but they managed to have six of the top eight clubs playing one another this weekend. And Fremantle faces the Bulldogs who are sitting at number 10. So. This is gonna be. This should be a fantastic round of footy here. And the final game of the weekend, 
And we head out to Optus Stadium. You got West Coast hosting the upstart Adelaide Crows. Yeah, there was uh, got a lot of inch for the Eagles. Greg Clark, Jackson Nelson, Josh Kennedy, Rhett Fazzo, Pam Petreski, Seaton, Zach Langdon all in. Connor West injured, Petricelli injured, Jai Kelly still serving his suspension. Willie really plays game 50. He could be a 200 game player right now had he not been suspended, I think. Uh, Billy Frampton, Jackson Haley, Lockie Scholler all in. Rory Laird playing game 200 for the Crows. You know, this one doesn't matter in terms of finals. It does matter in terms of employment for a lot of these players for next year in terms of where they're going to be playing. But I think this is going to be an entertaining game here. And I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and go first here. I, I think the Crows are going to get their second win in a row here. So I'm going with Adelaide to get the win on the road uh, by eight points. I think it's going to be an entertaining game because you have so many people who are, you know, who may be on the periphery who are playing for their career in some instances. All right. I have a couple of stories. Well, first of all, Rory Laird, absolute champion, equal best player this year again for the Crows. But I said the other week, Rory Laird's dad, I wasn't sure if it was his dentist or my dad's doctor. So I asked my dad, and dad said, no, Rory Laird's dad is my dad's hearing specialist. So okay. maybe I need to open my ears. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great player. Um, first of all, I want to talk about Josh Kennedy. I mean, what an absolute star he has been since coming across from Carlton many years ago. Mm-hmm. I loved I laughed for years at his stutter when he would... When he would walk in and kick for gold, he'd like stutter with his feet. It was funny. I'm not dissing him at all. I just thought it was funny. It and I couldn't him. diss him because he's such a good player and a very good kick for goal. Mm-hmm. He doesn't stutter as much in his step in the later part of his career. Brilliant, brilliant player. Now, I am going for the Eagles for two reasons. Three reasons. Maybe the Crows news this week might affect the Crows. I think the Eagles players should get up for Josh Kennedy. And also, my dad went ahead of me on tips last week. So, he, I think he'll tip the Crows. So, I'm going for the Eagles to okay. win. But I there think they might get it done. There you go. Yeah, I, I think this will be a fun game to watch anyway. I, and you know what? I didn't factor in the stuff about the news that's come out about the club into my choice. I, I might have gone differently than that, you know, but I'll stick with the Crows on this one. Um, but again, this is going to be a, a good round of football based upon the fact, that, like I said, we got six of the eight top sides playing against one another. And a seventh one is playing against the team that's trying to get into the eight. So, Mick, before we wrap up here, sir, where can people find you? All right, uh, Mick, that's M-Y-K, Aussie, A-U-S-S-I-E. Google that, TV. I keep updated with <clears throat> the shows I do. Obviously, a link to your podcast as well. And Twitter, Aussie, And also Friday nights on Sports Grid TV out of New York. So enjoy that talking CFL and AFL. And we'll start to talk a little bit of NFL as well because the uh, – well, the Hall of Fame game is on tonight, so NFL is here, mate. Now, I, I will, will you once the the men's comp wraps up? Are you still on Gabe's show during the the NFL season? Then, yeah, absolutely. Okay. That's, okay. that's probably my main gig actually, because okay. 
Gabe is massive NFL. He's massive college football. He promotes the CFL probably better than anyone to the USA market. So, yeah, I stay on right through to Super Bowl, after the Super Bowl, and then I normally have like a six-week break. So now are I'm you pretty going, much on his show every are week. You, are, you, are you going to start talking about the AFLW? Well, actually, funny you brought that up. Last year when uh, he didn't call me to be on after mm-hmm. the Super Bowl, I kind of texted him and said, hey, Gabe, we got AFLW. You want me to on about that? He said, oh, Mick, I love the football, but no, nah, it doesn't quite cut it for my show. So I, I put the hint out there, mate. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Well, I, I I think it's you know the, the where they moved the game with the season – is a good one now, but I I think maybe before it's all said and done, they even want to are going to want to push it back a few weeks because I I because you know, I mean the first half of the women's fixture is going to get lost in men's finals, and you know I you know those of us who do podcasts, those of us who do the shows that you do, we're go, we're going to be guilty of that sort of thing as well because there's only a finite amount of time that we have to devote to doing things for our shows, you know and something's going to have to give you know somewhere, so I, I'm. I, I'm worried about doing a disservice to the women's game when it's not an intentional thing that I'll be doing. Oh, mate, don't don't worry about that at all because you promote the women as much as probably anyone here in the USA. And yes, I'm a fan of it. It is growing, but there's also critics of it in Australia as well. Like right. some of my mates, they know that AFL should not be putting that money into the women's comp. They should be putting it into local men's football. But hey, I'm a fan of it. I think it's been amazing. It's one of Gil McLaughlin's legacies. Absolutely it is. I was so surprised when they formed the AFL women, and mm-hmm. I'm a fan of it, absolutely. So, no, don't be guilty. But with the finals, I think one reason is because less games in the finals. They wanted oh, to maybe okay. bring true. in then so that it can get some publicity. That's true. And I haven't looked at the fixture that closely yet. I wonder how many of the games are going to be happening, say, on like a Wednesday, Thursday night that would that would allow for the games to be played, you know, outside of the – the dome, if you will, of the men's finals games. And I know there's not a lot of them. So I guess maybe if they played the, the, the men's finals games in the evening and the women's games in the morning, that it might, that might work out. Okay. Then, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Well, if I was running it, what, what, what I would do, because in SANFL and VFL back in the day, you always had the reserves, right? Mm-hmm. So you'd have the reserves come in and we're all basically one anyway, but obviously you're trying to get in the league side. So the reserves would start at 11 o'clock in the morning. The league would start at 2.20. So why not have the AFL women as a pregame to the AFL finals? No problem doing that. I don't see a problem with that. Of course, you'd have to have the the clubs. I guess it wouldn't really matter if, you know, say Essendon was playing Collingwood in a, in a women's game and it was a uh, Carlton finals game if Carlton runs this gauntlet over the next three weeks. So, oh, well, hey. Man, I know you got to get to work. I have to sit down and look at the calendar and realize I've got to get back to work in about three weeks. Um, I'm actually going to head into my classroom again today, get some work done there. Uh, I went in for a few hours yesterday, so should be a good week of football. Excited, man. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, kids, don't put your mouth guard in your sock. And I hope, hope those 
Cats players, their dribble kick doesn't hit the goalpost. Have a great weekend, mate. <laughs> yeah. I did listen to the Duffin Quarters piece where, the, where you did uh, send a note into them the other day. I listened to that yesterday. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I love yep. those guys. Because yep. so many shows are Melbourne biased. So that's why I love the Perth guys. They really give a great, uh, great um, perspective from outside of Melbourne. Right. And, and hopefully and they were, we're doing the same. And they were, and they were critic, you know, they were critical. Yeah, it's the only time I've listened to them, but they were critical of the Eagles and of the Dockers. Yeah, they weren't, they weren't Perth centric. They weren't focused on. You know, let's rah 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 for the Eagles and the Dockers. They were they were pragmatic, which I I like that. I like that. So hey, yeah, have a great Thursday, man. Talk to you soon. All right, mate. And Cheers. if you do go to Australia, get to Perth. It's a fantastic spot. Have a I great have, weekend, mate. You bet. You too. All right, Mick. Hey, thanks, man, for coming on again. I know that this is an early morning for you when we're doing this. It's about seven fifteen your time when we're sitting down to do this. Uh, Remember, if you head over to my website at yankofthefooty.com, you can find everything that you need. Ladies and gentlemen, look out for one another. Check in with your friends. Make sure they're okay. Tell them you love them. See what's happening in their world. Give them a phone call. Reach out to them. Just just stay in touch, okay? I, I can't tell you that, you know, any anything more than that. And I appreciate the kind words that I get from you. I really appreciate the support that all of you have provided. And... Uh, just having an absolute blast doing this. It's uh, getting to be crunch time for me. I actually go back to work in about two and a half weeks, so uh, my summer is winding down, and uh, I'm ready to go back to work. Well, I'm ready to get back into the classroom. I've got a lot to do before I go back to work, but we're getting there. But folks, as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. <laughs>